Luis Lizarazo, and this is Shedding Light within Entertainment. Each episode, we'll discuss the humans behind the entertainment industry and explore the issues and topics that are impacting their lives. I'm really excited about episode three, not only because we're going to be joined by Chris Russell and Tessa Fay, who have been huge supporters of Variato and me personally, but also because I think that coaches, mentors, and classes is important in any industry and important in any role or job. And I feel very fortunate to be working with you, Charlie, because you are so hardworking and ambitious. So I think our work together is something we could talk about here. Um, And maybe a little bit about why you're at Variato and some of the coaching and mentoring that I'm given. And if you wouldn't mind sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I couldn't have been more lucky to have Luis as my first boss uh, to get such valuable insight on such a personable and loving level was great. Um, I mean, to the point that even when I first signed on with Variato, the very first thing Luis implemented was one hour a week would be professional development for me. So in this week, it's really anything that I choose to do. Um, And for the most of the the time, I would say it's usually career oriented. So we've done work on my resume. We've done work on my cover letter. Uh, Even today, we were working on internships and making me more approachable during internship interviews. So I've really just been blessed with having you as a mentor and getting to work under you as my first kind of real experience in the business world. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, I think, you know, when I realized that I needed help, um, growing Variato, and I decided to look for an intern. <clears throat> One of the benefits that I thought I would be able to give is an hour of just career professional development oriented conversation f- fully devoted to you. And that is definitely my favorite part of the week because it brings together all of the work that I've done in my professional career. And it feels really nice to be able to share that with you. Um, because I know that it'll be practical in whatever you do, um, you know, whether you stay in entertainment or go into sports or music or any of the other things that you're interested in. I think that these professional development hours will be helpful to help you um, better navigate the job world. And yeah, today, I think, you know, we talked about STAR, the STAR method, and how to answer interview questions, talked about intentionality when asking for informational interviews. We talked about behavioral interview questions and how to adjust and modify um, your STAR answers to different questions. And I'm excited to keep working on that with you because I do think that's just invaluable in terms of the kinds of conversations that you're going to have, either informational or actual interview, or even just networking conversations once this crazy pandemic is over and you're able to network and meet with people. And soon you'll be 21, so you can go to networking events at bars even. So, you know, I have been taking Masterclass. I love Masterclass. Um, We have been taking LinkedIn Learning together to help develop this podcast, as well as our social media presence. What else are you taking, Charlie? I mean, you're in school. Tell us about some of the classes you're taking and why uh, they're important. Sorry about that. Um, so currently I'm taking two courses dedicated to media analytics and two courses dedicated to communications as a whole. And so those courses are, the communications courses are web and mobile communications, which at this time is especially relevant 
and uh, reaching audiences, which is also especially relevant. So being in a liberal arts school, uh, obviously you have to complete your major specific classes, but you're able to kind of tailor them to when you want to take them. So I was able to tailor my classes to kind of fit in with what I'm doing in the real world and kind of really benefit me. So along with the LinkedIn learnings, which are invaluable and something I didn't know about before you showed them. Oh yeah, I love them. They're great. I mean, they're only with the LinkedIn premium, which I have again, because you got me a three month trial membership because it's really expensive, but it's awesome. I mean, those classes are really good. And I pay for masterclass too, which I love. And I've taken some really amazing classes with um, David Sedaris and RuPaul and Steve Martin and um, Anna Wintour. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, you could take virtual classes, in-person classes. I take class like acting class with Tessa. I've taken UCB improv, which I think is super important and something that we did even at Expedia. Okay, well, I think it's probably time we, yeah, go ahead, what's up? Um, I was gonna say just like, even though I'm still in school, I think learning is something you do your entire life. It's not something yeah. that you step out of the classroom door and you're a great example of that. I mean, you and I talk about things every week and then the next week you'll come back and say, oh, we talked about this. So I went over the weekend and I took a class or I read a book about it. So you're a prime example of you never stop learning. It's just how you choose to learn. Yeah, thanks. That's really nice of you to say. Yeah, I I do enjoy reading and, and sharing what I've read and what I've learned from reading with you. And you've done the same thing. You've mailed me books too. And your parents have been great at sending books that are really amazing. Actually, um, we're going to talk about two of them on our next episode, which is a special episode with Avon Sewall. And um, I think it's going to be really awesome to talk about some of the learning that we've done um, about gender and identity and creativity and culture. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's never too uh, late to learn something new and you can always be investing in your mind um, in school, out of school, you know, with what you watch on TV, things like that. All right, Charlie, great, that's awesome. So let's get into the first interview here with Chris Russell, um, where he shares some more about what coaches, mentors, and classes mean to him. How are you? So since I, you've come up on this podcast a few times already. Oh, shucks. And because only really Angela and Connor can know how we know each other. Maybe it's we should true. explain for our listeners how we came into each other's lives i mean i i think you and i probably need to figure it out like figure out what our title is like are we like exclusive family or are we just kind of <laughs> are we just kind of fleeting like fluid same... family <laughs> <laughs> or is it just like is it just like because i'm like yeah he, he's like family but like you know he's like his my brother you know like i'm, I'm always kind of like half explaining it and people just like okay whatever <laughs> i'm like there's an understanding we both grew up on the same island our my sister's married to his brother <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's that's been the general you know consensus but yeah yeah my uh, my brother married his sister his sister married my brother and the and rest now they is live history. in texas and we love them yeah we do we, we do very much but and we also have in common the fact that we both worked in the hospitality industry at the same oh, time god yeah you oh my god you knew 
the GM of my hotel. Mm-hmm. I knew the GM of like most hotels. So I was yeah, able but, to also put things in perspective. Yeah. You, but you knew the GM in my hotel. And uh, as you'll hear in, in the series eventually that I've been producing, uh, the GM and I didn't really get along for a lot of reasons, most of which were my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I was not a good employee. I was uh, I was angry. I was just bitter at the world. I I thought I deserved more, which on some level is true, but also like that that was where I was at. And you know, I I wanted more for myself, so I took it out on everybody around me, and I was the absolute worst doorman in New York. <laughs> And wow. he hated he hated me. And and like because like I didn't have a problem at that time being like combative with people, as you'll hear in in the doorman, like you know, the the guys, the bell staff voted me as like a union delegate. So I was basically unfireable. <laughs> and you were so you were this guy's worst nightmare. I was his absolute worst nightmare. I was like, I was like the T-1000 in his fucking, and it's like, right. you know, he was just, he, he just, and, and, you know, like he was, he was a prick. I could say it now, like, but also he was just doing his job and like, right. not to spoil anything, but, but we, you know, I, I will definitely touch upon, uh, I haven't even, we haven't even said what it is yet. Yeah. But, Can you please tell our listeners what they should yeah. be listening to? So from 2012 until about until 2016, I was a hotel doorman in one of the most active and popular hotels. I wouldn't say popular. I would say it was like definitely like a highly occupied, highly occupied right down the block from Times Square. And uh, and Central Park and Central Park. Yeah. And I. While I was working there, I started, it started as a a Twitter feed and then it built into a blog and an anonymous blog about the the shenanigans and the really awful things that I would see and awful things that I would do and awful things that would happen to me uh, at the hotel. And uh, it went viral. And when it went viral, I kind of parlayed that into a web series. It got into the New York Television Festival in 2013 and it really it was one of those things man like i really thought it was going to be like my my meal ticket like it 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 did really well at the festival like the av club wrote about it like and uh and it just never happened like i we we pitched it after the festival to a couple of places and it just it just it just never happened the way i wanted it to happen like i had a vision for it like i uh, you know, at the time, like Louis was really popular, and I know Louis C.K. is not somebody that people talk about, uh, want to talk about, and I understand that. Um, but it was very heavily influenced on Louis, and Girls was another really big influence on it, uh, which is such a weird combination, but it's true. And um, I, you know, I, I, it just never, it just never happened. So eventually, I wrote and produced a sequel series after I left the hotel called Flyering. And, you know, it's basically, it was basically the same premise with a guy taking a job, handing out flyers on the street. 
you know, the this guy against the world, everything is happening to him kind of thing. Uh, and that was in 2018. And then since the pandemic hit, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. And I, t- I had taken the blog down a couple of years ago. And I just one night just started reading some of my old stories. And I was like, man, I fucking I, I want people to hear some of these stories. You know, like I, I feel like it's it's something that'll keep people nostalgic for New York. You know, and it, it, before before this, yeah, yeah, and it was it was such a t- what a time it was to be like miserable, you know, know, like with all with hotels all these are at ninety eight percent occupancy. Yeah, you got to like walk in and out of places and not wash your hands, and yeah. I were like like I I was so miserable. I hated everything, but fuck, what I would give to go back to that. Yeah, um, and and it's uh you know it's it's just t- storytelling told through voiceover and music and uh sound effects that's going to sound cartoonish but uh it's better placed than cartoons i think and uh i love it i I it's an audio series i'm so excited yeah yeah i've been struggling with what to call it like an audio drama but audio series i like so so yeah so it's it's basically the first season of the podcast covers year year one leading up to when I start the blog. So it's like all the things that happened that inspired me to start it. And then from there, uh, you'll just have to listen. All right. So we just have to go back to one thing that you said that I'm incorrect. You have not been sitting around doing nothing since the pandemic. I mean, I know that work has not been as plentiful as it might be, but you do some amazing things. So one thing that I'm going to highlight quickly that I love is your 40 under 40 um, podcast. It is for me, I have told you this. I am very proud of my taste in music and my taste in movies. And you cover some of my favorite movies, even though they have less than 40%. Like (laughs) it is crazy to me. And you talk about some more that I know you're gonna do that I love. Um, And as a big camp guy, you know, some of the movies that I like get really shit on by the um, critics. And I appreciate that there's a place for those movies, that you've created a place for those movies. Thanks, man, yeah. We it's it's weird because my co-host and I like we've been he's one of my best friends I've known him for like 15 years we were roommates and like we have very different we have very similar personalities but we also have very different uh personalities <laughs> for opinions. lack of a better opinions but we love we love so much of the same stuff but when we disagree it is like wildly wildly mm-hmm. separate and um, yeah, I recommend did... listening to the Showgirls episode for an example. The Showgirls episode was a very, very uh, heated, heated <laughs> conversation between me and him. Because I ride with Showgirls, man. Like I think I Showgirls know. is I a fucking... so underrated. <laughs> oh God, Elizabeth under... Berkeley. Oh, oh. I, uh, Elizabeth I know. Berkeley. What could have been? Poor girl. What could have been is right, but. Yeah, so that that one, and then we did drop Dead Fred, and that was another. Oh like, God, very, I saw that. Very disappointing, uh, very disappointing outing for Mangan on that one. He 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 did not. The nostalgia did not cling on to him the way it clung on to me. So, 
and uh but we're doing uh this week we did couples retreat which was fucking awful and is hank azaria in that one too no i I don't know the guy's name he's probably the only decent thing in the movie but the yoga instructor oh yeah i don't remember remember his name because yeah. I remember Hank Azaria kept coming up. I can't remember what movie it was in. It, it was along, uh, along came Polly. Along came Polly. That's a little. Yeah, was, yeah. Because we it's always a similar we always, role, similar role, totally similar role. And it's one of it. It, it is the Hank Azaria like five year reminder that he is in impeccable shape. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> like, like my dream role now that I think about it. It's like Hank Azaria and Alonke and Polly or the yoga instructor in Couples Retreat. <laughs> Just guy that, that walks around naked on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. We might yeah. have to cut that part out. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. We're all friends here. <laughs> But we're doing oh. last action hero next week. So that 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 was one oh, of the, the I love the, that movie. Yeah, that was one of the movies that inspired the the idea for the for the podcast. Oh, what a great idea. Um, I saw that in the theaters when I was on vacation. Did you really? Yes. I was lucky. Oh, it was so cool. I remember thinking, this is weird. Like the first time I saw Moulin Rouge in the theater, you know, like the first 20 minutes, you're like, what is happening? And I remember the same thing happening with Last Action Hero being like, what are they doing? You know, it was like uh, genre bending at the time. I love genre bending. And, and that definitely, like, it was definitely ahead of its time because I feel like genre bending is a big thing now. Now it has it is, been maybe yeah. for like the last 10 years. That movie came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. It's one, I'm oh, praying that We were up. young. Oh yeah. yeah. We were also yeah. born the same year, you and I. We were, we were, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I don't want to say what year it is, but you know, but... <laughs> I do. I love that year. <laughs> I know I do too. <laughs> it's Orwellian. I know. Um... <laughs> and now Did I get that. Now right? it's Wonder Woman too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, one of my one of my favorite subgenres is movie within a movie, or like mm-hmm. play within a play, or mm-hmm. play within a movie, or something like Me that. Too. Like I fucking I love movies that 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 tackle like the production of a thing mm-hmm. uh because there's you know there's a lot of conflict there there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff yeah i agree you could never cover this movie and it's kind of a camp version of it but like even who frames roger rabbit i love that they put like hollywood as this like object that they can then mock you know when art it's like art imitating life imitating art kind of thing yeah, it's awesome. And uh, funny you say that. My Connor and I watched that the last time we were in Houston. Like, really? Like last time I was in Houston. Yeah, and it holds up. It really holds up. And oh, it's I don't so know good. Why oh. we decided to watch it, but we did. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 the animation, like everything, is still awesome. So good. I know. It Tyler and I watched so it a few good. months ago. I love that movie. Yeah, it's, right. it's incredible. We're gonna talk about some of your other. Um, the other things that you've been doing during the pandemic to um, overturn what you said earlier. You also, I'm really proud of you. You also volunteer for uh, um, mental health awareness and you are really out there and vulnerable about mental health. And I think that that is just such an amazing 
gift for you to give to the world, especially as a white, straight, cis male. That is just something that I think the world needs is to hear these stories. And I love you for doing that. And I did not warn you I was going to bring this up on this podcast. That's okay. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to to talk about that. And um, yeah, I, I, I wrote... I wrote an article about it. It was actually the first thing that I ever got like published. Uh, I've been writing for 10 years and I, I never got paid like a dime for it. And it was just one of those things that, you know, when I got the check in the mail, I was like, Oh my God. And, uh, and it was, and it was, and I was like, Oh my God, it really was the deepest that I had ever gone. And the scariest thing that I had ever written uh, because I, 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 I didn't attempt suicide, but I, I called I was I was about ready to and then I ended up calling the suicide outline and I was on hold for a long time and then like I gave up on being on hold on the phone so I texted they, they have like a text option and when I and when I went in there it I was like 45th in line to, to text with like a counselor so I was like okay like I, I was like, I was, I was legit. I was angry. Like, I was like, how does this, how do they let this fucking happen? Like, how do they let people hang like this? This is insane. And while I was waiting, I swear to God, when I was the, the anger that I was feeling for, for uh, waiting in this queue, I, I started to feel better because I was angry at something else besides myself. You know, like it was like everything was happening inward and I was so pissed off at like, and resentful that this fucking thing was making me wait. I waited almost an hour to speak to somebody. And it was like, and I wrote about it in the article. Like it was the first outward emotion that I had had in days, you know? And, and that was a real big part of like, why, you know, I, I almost did what I did. And uh, when I finally got in touch with someone, she was, she, she stuck with me for 45 minutes. And like, I, I uh, I saw I understood why why I was waiting so long you know and it, it's interesting like too like when I got so mad I got to a point where I was just sitting there and I I just literally I just stopped thinking about it I stopped thinking about killing myself and I I one of my moments is like I was I got a little bored waiting and then like I opened up like ESPN and like started reading an article about the Mets <laughs> and I'm like and then and then like now I'm, and then at that point I'm like well now am I am I do I do, do I need to be doing this am I am I really being suicidal am I just being a drama queen like what's happening I'm reading about fucking Jerry's familia and and you know like <laughs> his blown save last night and uh, and I just things like, in perspective. It really did put things in perspective, but but it, I, it definitely doesn't discount what was happening before because like I was ready, right. you know, I was ready to uh, not to be too graphic, but like I was ready to go to the hardware store and buy rope. Like I was just there, you know, and I ended up, you know, I ended up getting speaking to somebody, getting, you know, getting help, <laughs> getting getting back into therapy. See, you know, and then getting getting medicated for the first time, you know, I'm, I'm, at the time I was 34 or 35 and, you know, finally coming to terms with like a bipolar diagnosis, which 
I sort of got when I was like in my twenties, but I didn't, I chose to ignore it. And, you know, because I didn't, I just didn't want to admit to myself that that was what I, what I had. And I, I was ashamed of it. And the reason why I wrote about this is because like, I, I want other, especially men of, of my ilk, you know, like you said it before, like straight white men, like there is such a stigma behind it. And there's Mm -hmm. such a, you know, there's, there's just such a, um, I think there's a culture of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Culture of just machismo and not, and not sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I do truly feel I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for any man who, who acts out and does, does the things that a lot of fucking men are do and and what, what men are being called out for in the last few years. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I truly do feel that if more men were open about getting help and, and talking about these things and, and feeling comfortable talking about these things with each other, mm-hmm. I feel like certain behaviors might not be acted out the way they are. You know, like I, I look back and even like the time, like some of what I talk about in the doorman show where I will start talking about eventually is like how this like undiagnosed fucking angry abused like i you know was abused not by my family but like you know like i had a rough time growing up i got bullied really badly like you know i was sexually assaulted when i was like by another guy at a party in my 20s like like there there are you know there are things and and i again like i was ashamed to talk about these these things and i feel like my what, what i hope to accomplish uh is is just to get maybe one or two one or two people i don't know 10 a few to to reach out and i had people reach out to me like men reach out and say thank you for that uh i I dealt with depression and i and i and i was ashamed or or i you know i you know somebody like even so like somebody will say like the the death of of a loved one like sent me into this thing and i didn't know how to deal with it and i was you know acting out and and dealing with it in toxic ways and self-medicating and and you know um so so that's that's where i come from with it and i i hope you know if anybody listening hears this like you are not alone and and also one thing too is like being an artist you kind of become reliant on highs and in being creative you know what i mean like and there's this like weird dragon, this like addictive thing of like, I need to be in my emotions and I need to be in extreme emotions to create art. And uh, I will say that like, I've been medicated now for, uh, for bipolar disorder for gosh, almost a year and a half now and, and anxiety in the last like six months. And like, it didn't change what was in my heart. Mm-mm. you know it didn't it didn't it might have changed the way i ride certain waves of creativity but i've learned it never stifled a thing like it never stopped me from creating anything Mm-mm. and it, and and if anything it 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 was it allowed me to step away from it when it was done mm-hmm. you know like it allowed me to 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 write and to create with dealing with harsher things um in in a in a constructive and a safe way you know 
So, yeah. You, first of all, I'm like holding my heart because I'm like so touched by how much you're sharing. So thank you. Yeah. I think it, you know, the empathy and the bringing the vulnerability to the art is really important. Um, And even like during a time like right now, um, you know, when we're all isolated, what I think, you know, you're an inspiration um, to me. Uh, You introduced me to Tessa, who has been just such a huge force. And you've introduced me to like half of the roster that I represent, (laughs) who I love so much. Um, And you, you know, you're just such a, you really, this is what I'll say about, and this kind of, I think goes back to what you just said. Your energy has never changed. The person deep down that you are has not changed. It's maybe the way that your energy is focused has changed or the, or what you're putting out to other people is changed because of how you feel internally. But I have, I remember the night that I met you and I felt an instant bond to you and your creativity and your funness. And so for me, it's really exciting to see where you are as an artist and as a person and as a human. And I think it's great that there are opportunities for people to, for you to give back now too, in other ways than just the suicide hotline. So what I want to talk about next are, and really the, you know, the topic of this episode is mentors, coaches, and classes. So, (laughs) you know, let's talk, I've taken your class. I love your class. Thank you. Your classes. I, you know, and I represent, I, people I represent, I send to you all the time because I try to meet people where they're at. And some people need, you know, more on camera work. Some people need more self tape work. And I, you are, you know, that's what you're doing. Like, tell me more about the classes you're offering, why you started offering them, what you think actors can take from them and your advice to people seeking out coaches, mentors, and classes. Yeah. I th- and thank you for everything you said. That's, that really touches me. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, so my classes, uh, I teach on camera acting. I've been doing that for about three years. And what I, w- what I will say sets my class apart from most acting classes is most acting classes teach you technique. They teach you how they, they, they teach you, they prepare you for the work and they prepare you for, you know, within and how to sort of link emotion to text, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. however, however that looks. My acting class does that, but I also, it's more important to me pr- to prepare the actor for the world, you know, for the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I deal a lot about, I deal a lot in the business. Mm-hmm. That's really important to me. I, I work with, you know, self-taping. I work with like mock auditioning, uh, I work with, you know, like what happens when you get to set? Like, how do you deal with, you know, having like a prop to work with all day? How do you keep (laughs) consistency with that? So I try as best as I can to put as much practicality into my classes as possible. And I dedicate the first hour of my class to the business. You know, I, I encourage my students to come in with questions, to come in with like, Hey, like I'm trying to decide between these 10 headshots, like these headshots, 
Mm-hmm. Let's take a vote, you know, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, I saw this casting director and this is what I thought of them. And this is where, you know, this is what they're casting. I help actors figure out what TV shows that they're good for, which casting directors to target. Actors who are unrepresented, I help them get their materials in line so they mm-hmm. can, you know, so they can catch somebody's eye. And then we do scene work, you know, so I, I really, it's really important to me. And again, like what I think there are other classes that do do this, but uh, if, if you're looking to, if you feel like you're ready and I, and again, like you said, meet people where they're at. I totally meet people where they're at people That's, who are brand new, yeah. whoever, but where you are, you know, I have, I have actors who have been on Broadway, who have been on network television, who have been in like fe- major feature films. And I have actors who are just starting. Um, so, yeah. So again, like my, my philosophy is I'm preparing you for the real world. Uh, you know? Yeah. I think that's, for me, that that's what I really appreciate about your approach. I came, I'm new to this business too. So I've taken your classes. I want to learn as much as I can. And I think, you know, I've been involved in this business for years, working with my mom and just seeing the behind the scenes work. Um, but I think particularly during COVID, when things just changed super fast, you changed really fast and your classes changed to accommodate that. And that's really important. And as we come out of this, things will probably change again. And so for me, I think it's important that actors have or performers have this network of people that they can talk to to see what's happening. What are people, where are people going? Who are they talking to next? Who's, you know, who's booking what? Um, I agree. I think that that creating a community for people during this time that's focused both on business, but also just on like a shared experience is really important. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely is. And did you, it was, so when you left your position in hospitality, was it, is it something that's still available now or? Cause you took, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I I always admired that like you took the leap when you did, cause that's, incredibly brave and ambitious and awesome i was really inspired by that Mm -hmm. um and and yeah like i agree with you like trying to roll with everything that has happened right you know i mentioned it before like getting turned down for unemployment because i didn't make enough money last year which is no but i could i couldn't make enough right you know what i'm saying yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely absurd so Yeah, for me, what what happened, I, you know, I was in travel and I had left Expedia. I went to a influencer marketing company and they brought me in to focus on travel and they kept me on as long as they could, but I was pretty expensive and, um, you know, travel pipeline just dried up. And so um, I called my mom and, you know, we talk about in the first episode, she was just like, you're going to do this and I'm going to be your first client. And I said, no, you're not. Sancerre is going to be my first client. You can be my second. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a, that's a funny thing too. You bring up your mom. Like I, I never knew 
your mom was Rhea Powers. Like, and then, yeah, and that's so I funny mean, too. Like when yeah. I talk to people, they're like, "Wait, your mom's Rhea Powers?" And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, I guess she was right. People really do know who she is." <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a New York actor rite of passage to be cast by Rita Powers. Yeah, in, in something it really <laughs> something. is. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know. She's, she's been doing it since we were five. She's been wow. in this industry for 32 years. So, I mean, I'm really lucky to have her as a mentor, a coach, a client. Um, I'm happy to have you as a supporter, a uh, brother from another mother and a, and a brother, a brother-in-law. What did we yeah. decide? I think we decided just brother-in-law, just easier to- Brother, yeah, it's easier. In. Yeah, <laughs> it's just easier to, to say. All right, so let's, um, what's next for you? What, what are you- Come on, oh, I, I know there's, mo- there's more from Chris Russell that the world needs to look forward to. Well, I, I'm definitely, I'm like finishing editing The Doorman. So that's been absolutely consuming me for, and I didn't realize- Where's, the, Will it be how, available? It'll be available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I what was I going to say? I totally blanked. I totally okay. lost my train of thought. I asked you what you um, were going to do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I didn't realize like what I, how much I put on my plate with like what I decided to record and what I decided the first season was going to be. It's essentially like the length of a feature film, the whole first season. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not too bad. You know, I've, I've, it's all audio. What the hell? And then I kind of got obsessed with adding in music and adding in sound effects and adding adding in all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, now this is this is a fucking commitment. <laughs> it's like editing. Now it's like editing a feature film. Right. So and then you know polishing up the the sound the best that I can. You know, one thing that I definitely learned how to do during the pandemic is edit. And uh, I have a few ideas swirling around. I, I, I have, I've been on like a found footage horror kick. So I've been kind of toying with like, you know, just sort of like a pandemic-ish found footage kind of thing. I like that. So yeah, I've been studying the genre a lot. And um, if anybody wants to, if anybody wants, you know, a few great found footage horror recommendations, you know, movies that are generally below 90 minutes and a lot of fun, please let me know. Hit me up. Creep is one. That's my favorite with Mark Duplass. Anyway. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm just taking it one day at a time, man. Like I, I, I write my morning pages every day. I try to treat my week like a nine to five like i try to just put in between six and nine hours a day monday through friday to trying to be creative try to just be at a desk or be active walking around just doing something uh and then i i allow myself saturday and sunday to just be a savage animal on the couch and eat (laughs) and watch whatever i want Um, i mean you have to have that decompression time (laughs) yeah man you know just uh just audition and and hopefully get get back on track you know it's been a while uh i i you know i was on uh wu-tang and american saga right before right before the pandemic hit and i i I definitely had some momentum going momentum going and um 
you know, just trying to trying to rediscover that. And in the meantime, just create as much as I, I can, whatever comes to me. So good. That's, that's Great. really it. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I can't wait. I think there's going to be, like I said, a lot of great things from you. And I love you and working with you. And I really appreciate you introducing me to all of the amazing people in my life now, my virtual life, but one day my IRL life. I know, seriously. But uh, yeah, I every client that you work with that I work with, I absolutely adore. They are really just wonderful people and wonderful Mm -hmm. artists and it is it is a beautiful thing to um just to to work with talented people and just get to see i think it's one thing that i sometimes take for granted is like you know when i when i'm in my classes teaching my classes and a student really fucking like leaves their guts on the table and like does some amazing work it's like holy shit like they they did that for something that i'm facilitating that's amazing Mm -hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Like I, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're putting in that kind of work in something that I've, I've created, which is such a privilege. It's such a really cool thing. And just to see artists and actors grow uh, is really wonderful. So yeah, it's definitely a second career that I didn't realize, or I didn't know that I would have, uh, but I, I could not be more grateful. Yeah, you're a great coach. And I think um, a great um, instructor, people are lucky to have your insight and experience. So thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you. This was so much fun. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and we'll do two Wong Fu. We'll do two Wong Fu. I promise. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I know I'm tuning in to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. 39%, right? Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh, Thank you know I'm sad, but also I'm a little happy because I want you to be able to cover it on the show. <laughs> it's true, yeah, yeah. There are certain movies like uh, what's the, there's like can hardly wait is like a forty two. Oh like, yeah, but you're doing straight, Empire Records. We absolutely yeah, Empire Records is like a twenty, which is so crazy. I love it's that movie. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Well, oh, wow. all right, cool. All right, we should go. <laughs> yeah, <probably>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Chris so much. My brother from another mother, my brother-in-law. Um, we are exclusive family, we've decided. I really want to thank Chris for everything he's done, including introducing me to our next guest, uh, Tessa Faye who is a casting director, producer, performer, coach, mentor, inspiration, and just really shining light um, in my life and in the life of the performers that she works with. So thank you, Chris. And here we go, Tessa. Tessa, your email to me was one of the nicest most like validating emails that I've ever read. I had just started this business and I got an email from you and I'm just going to read it really quickly for everybody. Not all of it because it's between you and me, but I'm going to read a little bit of it because it really just meant the world to me. It still does. This was September 16th, 2020. Chris Russell's coach here. Smiley face. Hi, Louise. I thought I should introduce myself. 
as I have been talking about you for weeks now. And I realize you might start to wonder, who is this Tessa Faye that acts like she knows me? I don't know you, but I'm Chris's career coach. And I also coach Brianna and Kat who have met and loved you. And then you go on to tell me about how you read my site and how Chris had told you about me and how excited you were to meet me. And I immediately forwarded it to my mom <laughs> and was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then we met and I, so magical. So why don't you tell me your side of the story? Yeah, um, I do feel that way. And I still feel that way. And I can't believe, um, I always, I've always known about your mom. I've always known your mom's name. I like, she's somebody that when I was learning the business, uh, it's just like a, like a mainstay to me. So when I started to hear a little bit about you, I don't know. I think we all kind of like knowing people's offspring. I don't know. Like, 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 you know, you kind of want to know about like a star's son or a star's daughter. Mm -hmm. whatever. So truly I was interested from the get-go because I was aware of your mom's courage to know what her offspring. And then I went to your website, read about were important to you, um, things that you wanted to remain important to you and a business were growing. And I thought about my roster and my clientele, the people I work with all the time. And I, I started to match people to you before I even knew you based on what was, what your values were and uh, the way that I thought, thought you were seeing the business or so, we're seeing the business as it's going to. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that be, if some of the people that I know and care about could get linked up to this person who's going to be part of the future of my, and, and this bit, I could link them up, get them working together so that it wasn't just this old, you know, boys club from before. It was a 2020 and a 2021 and a new version of the entertainment industry. What if I could link them up? Like, what if that was part of it? And, and I, me too, I want to be linked up to this because he might end up with, you know, uh, a, a 20 person boutique roster, but he knows all 20, he knows their mom's names. He knows where they live. He sends cards to their homes. He cares about their journey. What if that's what it ends up being? Who knows what it's going to be? What Varyout is going to be? This is what it is right now. And if I can future, I think I like what I'm going to see. So and I, I don't reach, I don't reach out that often. So I even remember typing the email because I remember thinking like, I don't know, like, like, yeah, Tessa, you you should make time for people that don't necessarily find you, but that you find, like, go find some people yourself. And, and you wrote me back um, quickly. And then we started our communication and it's grown so lovingly. And I've loved, I've loved getting to that. I mean, for me, it's this, you know, there's a lot of talk about community and connectedness. And I just feel so connected to you, even though we've never met IRL and Charlie too. Like you're in Ohio, Charlie's in North Carolina, I'm in Washington. Yeah. We're all growing a business that exists in New York. Like how crazy, yeah. what a world that we live in. But I just feel so lucky to you know, have you in my life as a coach, a mentor, and I take class with you. So, you know, this, this topic is obviously so important. Chris obviously has a big stake in this as well. Why don't you tell me what you, your thoughts on coaches, mentors, and classes? Are? Yeah, I, um, I grew up as an actor. I grew up in Michigan for musical theater. So I, was, I loved my college years. I loved my education in New York, um, signed with my agency while I was still in college joined the union 21 or whatever. So I've, I've been in this business a while and I've, I've had a really good experience in this. Um, but I also felt really fortunate that I had a lot of, 
Like I really had, my parents are not in show business, but they were all about it. Um, my brother uh, was a sports writer. So he was a big fan of other people. Um, he, so he supported others for a living. They supported me. I met my husband. Um, he support, there's so much freaking support in the life that I was living. And I, I think I was able to thrive because of it. At a certain point in my own acting career, I realized that I wanted to support others and give them that too. I didn't think every actor had that set up. They either didn't have an agent or manager yet. They didn't have um, a partner that was sharing in the highs and lows of the day. They, they may not even have like a friend group. Um, one thing they did have like an acting, they had an acting, they had a class, they went. Most people had found that. So I was working at an acting, listening through the walls that the work being done in those classes was so good. They were best lives in class. And I wanted, I developed this idea that I wanted to translate, I wanted to move that work that was being done in the classroom into the, the career part. I wanted to get that kind of acting work that's done in the classroom done on, and I knew that there was a little bit of a gap between class and paid performance, you know, or your, you know, your, your small little like four person acting um, pod and getting on set for a network tell. So I started coaching and I like to say that I am like the conduit in those two things. I like to get work you're so proud of in private to be done publicly, carve out a life for yourself, make a living and share it with a, um, so. You're so good at it. It's so hard to, I can't imagine you doing anything else, honestly. I mean, I've, I've only ever seen you do this, but like, this seems like you're calling. Like you are naturally, and I think we have this in common actually. Yeah. Like we, like I am a very, you can, you can tell how I feel and you can kind of get a sense for me yeah. no matter what. And because of that, I think I enjoy being an advocate for others and doing this work. And I'm really excited, but yeah. you too, like you, I just see everybody I talk to about you feels support from you feels that innately. And I just, I think that's such an amazing gift. And I am so happy that you, um, do this work because I think it is necessary. A lot of people, especially um, performers that come from backgrounds that are either didn't have entertainment in their family or were from a, a group that was previously, you know, marginalized or, yeah. or still marginalized. Like, I think that's so important to just have someone in your corner. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. And I think it can, I think that the personal part of it just empowers the individual. Like my acting coach did my mom at my wedding, you know, I mean, mm. my agents, um, every single show I've done around the country shown up for, I mean, they, they, they literally will travel, get a, uh, what are the cars that you, what are the cars, zip car, they'll get a zip car and drive to Connecticut and be at opening night and have dinner with my family. Like there's a very personal, I have personal ties to professional people that have helped me get what I have. And I wanted to perpetuate that, right? So I really, right. I'm really interested in what makes you tick as, and how that can your work. Um, the listeners, but I always, I often use this model when talking about class and performance. I say like the the forearm for you listeners at home. I'm touching the forearm. The forearm, this part, this is your acting class, right? It's like it's long. It's got a little bit of skin to it, a little bit of flesh. It's long. It's it's your acting work. It's a great scene. It's a perfect monologue. Whatever. The upper part of the arm, uh, that's your performance, right? So that's that's Broadway. It looks kind of like the forearm, you know, it's a similar length, similar, but it's a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit stronger, a little bit um, more noticeable than the 
forearm, but the elbow. That's what I work on. That's the audition. Oh, Those are the inner. This is it's, good. Yeah, it's a joint, right? And it's <laughs> oh my god, this is a really good analogy. This is like dirty dancing <laughs> level yeah. analogy work right now. <laughs> Trademark it. It's so I like this part because I really I have people that I will send you to to take acting. It's here, and I think there are great directors and and uh, playwrights, and that, that's here. I want to work on this part that gets skipped. It's not just your arm bends and just go, yeah. great class means you're a great, great, you know, Broadway performer. You got to get through this other thing, it's elbow. So that's the part I stay focused on. And one of the things I love about being focused in that area is that I truly can collaborate with people who, who specialize in the other areas. Let that, let that acting teacher, let your manager or agent get you the job, but I'm going to help you get the manager. I'm going to link back to what you loved about in the first place. I'm going to get that middle really strong. And and you know what that middle section is something that can totally be a muscle that can be worked during a pandemic yeah yeah which yeah. is like what i've noticed like i for me working with you so listeners i've taken i've had coaching sessions with tessa i've had just meetings with tessa but i'm also in acting classes with Tessa, where we go through, uh, it's called cold reads and callbacks. And I get a script 30 minutes before I read it for Tessa and another acting coach named Ted Wald. And then I get notes and then I come back and in an hour or so, and I read it again. And it's amazing. I love it. I think it's so cool because it's practical, it's real world. And the reason I'm doing it is so that I can be a better manager and so that I can understand how to advise people on this world. I know this world rather well because I grew up around my mom and was very expressive. So I would capture a lot as a kid. Um, and I've helped her throughout the years and worked with her throughout the years. But my mom is not the only casting director. And my mom is not the only personality that's out there. Yeah. And so it's great to see her approach and Ted's approach and other practitioners approaches to this industry because everybody's a little bit different yeah I mean I I think you're so cool in the class I love having you in class Ted said it yesterday he goes I love having I, I, I always want to have Louise we love it you bring such cool you're you're a really good actor you're really good and you bring a like you bring this level of professional to the room uh, I mean you signed people from that class like you have signed people based off of their read in that class that is what I like to do create environments yeah. that are oh my not God you know, pay to play, whatever. No, I always say to people when they take a class, don't just look, don't just look up at your teacher. Don't just look up, look to the side, look mm -hmm. to the other side. Look at the person mm -hmm. sitting next to you who's writing a screenplay and the person sitting next to you just started their management buddy. I mean, your classmates are as big of contacts as the teacher you're looking for. I love it. That's my favorite part. I mean, that's what's so cool for me too, is like some of my, the talent that I've signed are people that I've read scenes with, like yeah. a number of people I've read scenes with. And it's great because I feel like I'm part of the process and I'm helping them and yeah. they're helping me and we're learning together. And like, I'm so excited for the recovery to come because I really feel like there's so much built up momentum that I just feel at Variado, you know? And what does that mean for the industry, the world, all these people's creativity and careers? I'm just so excited to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody that is coming into this tree? 
as a, as a performer, I mean, you have coolest industries out there. Like the minute you've decided you want to be a part of it, you're a part of it. Okay. And now it's seeing the depth of your relationships. It's a relationship business. You've got to take care of your talent, your pedigree, your website, your headshot, all that stuff. Those are your tools. Yes. But people are going to want to work with you based on their working relationship. Um, do you make, you know, do you make their life better? Do you enrich their happiness level? I mean, I, it doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with everybody, but you have to bring something out of yourself that brings something out of them. And it's all very reciprocal. So even right now I'm auditioning for a film like tomorrow or the audition, and I will see people all day long. The ones that walk in the room and make the screenwriters feel comfortable, that make the words sing, right. That make the reader feel electric, that make me feel glad that I brought them in. Those people are going to have more of an impact on the room Mm -hmm. than somebody of equal talent who makes the room feel uh, confused, insecure. Like they didn't, like, we don't want to feel wrong when we're holding our auditions. We've spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time, hours, uh, blood, sweat, and tears to get these auditions up. Mm -hmm. You walk in the room and make us feel really good about what we've done. Then we're a little bit more open to receive the good work that you're about to offer. So Mm -hmm. like, here's, here's a small example, right? This is a zoom audition. Okay. So zoom, right? You sign into your zoom. Let's say you have an audition on Zoom. You sign in, you're in the waiting room, right? The minute you're in the waiting room, you're there. You're you're at the audition. So at the moment, the casting director or their assistant lets you, you know, into the Zoom room, you're just going to kind of like show up on the screen. In that moment, we are getting our first impression of the team that is going to be there all day long about all these hard decisions. Get our first impression of you the minute. So in that very first 10 seconds, you need to make us feel like, yeah, you are intentionally joining the room. So you don't mm-hmm. stumble through the door at Ripley Greer into your audition and act like it's weird in there. You act like it's warm in there. You're giving your best self from mm-hmm. the start. So that's like tips like that we can we can hammer out during the pandemic. Hey guys, once you're in the waiting room, you're fair game. Whether the team is running ahead or behind, once you've entered the waiting room, get yourself in a warm upon it, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. there's little things that we've got to um, learn and focus on during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, because it's done a little differently now, but they really are the lessons you knew about being in person or the, they will carry them. 100%. I agree. I, you know, I met with a few people that are preparing for these auditions and I've said the same thing. Like they're going to see a lot of people. What are they going to remember about your interactions while they're in the room? How does the room, how does the room and your setting, you know, set the tone for the character that you're trying to create in a five minute audition. You know, you have five minutes. How are you going to make sure that you um, set the right tone, I think is super important and something that, yeah, you can work on during a pandemic because it's funny. I now have become so attuned to these meetings because we sit in all of them, right? So I do, as you know, every time I assign a new client or every time I'm meeting with a new performer, I have an introductory meeting. And the introductory meeting, there's an intake form where they have to fill out questions, some of which we use to create a talent slide, which we then use to promote them later after they're signed. But in this 30 minute meeting, I always show up the same way. I show up in this seat, Like, I know you're always in your coaching chair, right? I'm always in this seat. Coaching throne. Coaching throne, exactly. Coaching throne. (laughs) Um, I am always in this seat. I have my ring light on. I have my blue light glasses on, you know. If I'm not podcasting, I don't have the headphones. 
But to your point, when I go into my Google Hangouts, I admit everyone and they pop up in the room and I am observing. I, I try to meet everybody where they're at. I don't look at most material before I meet the person because I really want to try and get a good feel for person in the meetings so that I'm not judging them just based on the way they're likely to be judged in the industry moving forward. Right. Their headshots, their resume, all their website, all these things. These are things that I can help them with, right? Yeah. What I want to do is figure out, okay, what is this person like? So you're right. When somebody pops into a room on Zoom and how they act and interact is a good, a na- like a good, you know, litmus test for how they might walk into a room. And I'm learning a lot about my energy and, you know, the volume stabilizer on Zoom is very helpful for me. Um, but hopefully I'll be able to take those lessons with me as well, you know. But yeah, I try and keep this like level playing field because then once everything is the same, I notice all the differences in each meeting, you know. I'm, and I try to give feedback right away so that they understand, listen, as a manager, you're going to hear from me like this could be worked on, that could be worked on. Like yeah. I know I need to put up my, you know, green screen, but this is my setup, yada, yada, yada. Tessa, what are you looking forward to with 2021 and coming out of this pandemic? I mean, I really like working who I am. It's never too late to get to know someone new, right? Like you're a perfect example. I want to do work with you just, but I'm I'm invested in the relationship and want to do. Um, there's people that I've been working for years. I see their work come fruition. I'm really interested in uh, putting work into existing relationships and then, yeah, creating new ones, putting work into those. I'm really looking forward to events again, you know, in-person events. I really have to make a client need. I'd like to go see a show. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go see a show with my client. I'd like to be at, um, you know, parties again where we're talking about things other than just how to get what we want in the business, but we're ex- business events together. I want to put, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I you know, I'm in Cleveland, so I'm you usually during the year, I'm in New York, like, uh, at least once a month, if not every other week. I'm there back and forth all the time. Nobody knows when I'm coming or going. Um, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to, I don't, I want to throw a party. I want to throw five parties. I want to be at somebody's baby shower who, yeah, I work with as a coach and client, but I also care for them. So I'm looking forward to a couple film projects. This uh, safe sets, safe sets. Thank you. Thank you for uh, clarifying. <laughs> safe sets. Um, uh, finishing out some like audio book projects and some audio projects, but really getting things in uh, as much of the homework done as we can during this time, script reviewing, readings on Zoom, you know, taking taking the time to get things ready to go so that when it's when it's time to move, we That's what I'm excited about too. I agree. I think <clears throat> coming out of this, I am really excited to start getting dressed up again. Yeah. And I am like, you wouldn't know this because we only meet on Zoom, but like, I like to consider myself like a New York fashionista. I, uh, you know, I have some pretty nice shoes and a few nice shirts that I like to put on and they are just all currently in storage. So it'll be great to get those out. Start wearing them again, interacting with people, being able to hug. I'm a big hugger. Like, I can't wait to hug you. (laughs) It'll be so good. It's gonna be so nice. Yeah. Nice, elbowy. Yeah, (laughs) nice elbowy. Yeah, okay, well, good, well, 
Thank you so much, Tessa. You are the best. Um, we at Variato are so lucky to have you. And uh, yeah, I support and I'm really excited for acting class on Tuesday. I feel like after Gatorade, You're I- so good at Gatorade. Oh my God. You were great last week. And I'm excited for this week too. Like biopics, like I, Tanya, Bohemian Rhapsody, like that oh, kind of world. So Every week it's a different adventure. Oh, that's the best part. That's my favorite part. I mean, one week I'm kissing Brian on Zoom and a Hallmark. And the next week I'm, uh, you know, uh, gender bending in a role with Tara. Like it's good. it's always an adventure. Yeah, that was. A- I have a couple things coming up. Actually, I might tap might tap you to act. In. Yeah, I've got a couple things coming up that you're showing yourself to my talent. Well, that you know, that's why I named my company Variato. Yeah. I just wasn't sure what what talent was going to stick. So I was like, you know what? That's the kind of people I want to attract to. Maybe they're a writer. Maybe they're a performer. Maybe they're a drag queen. Maybe they're all of the above. And you also, oh, oh sorry, I know her, but yeah, I also really no. like that you represent um, couples or small families or like that you're interested in not only the person you're meeting with, but who they commune with weekly. And right. a little, a little... Um, attention there. I think that's a cool part of your do, And I think that's very vision. See, I think that's, that's smart. That's the future. And it also creates separate, you'll be dancing with both their wedding, you know, really neat. Yeah. I love, I really, I, as you know, I love getting to know the people that I'm representing. And I always ask in a meeting, like, particularly because I think because it started during COVID, I needed to know who they were living with, you know, could they be on set with somebody, all these things. And now I just feel like I know these people and I can't wait to meet them in person and yeah, be part of their lives in a way that I had never realized was really possible in my other careers because it wasn't like understand. There's a lot more empathy and, and, and relationship and familialness in yeah. this this business because you're talking about and what they believe in, what products they buy, all these yeah. things. I mean, I did a couple pregnant and it was nice because the set like embraced the fact that I was pregnant. It wasn't like we were hiding it. Like I was able to be an actress, yes, but who had a real belly and I was pregnant. And then my daughter has done a couple podcasts because she's the kid that's around, you know, like, so we can get her to record the line with mom a hundred times um so even my family even my family acts things or craig my husband will come to an event with on zoom oh yeah i met i met craig on zoom (laughs) yeah it's like it's fun so when you get the family involved as you were i mean you're really sealing that relationship that friend and 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 who knows maybe helping your child on the path to their future because the truth is I started out as a model in textbooks. I was like the ethnically ambiguous child. Like now I'm clearly Caucasian, but like as a kid, I, I had curly hair and I had chubby cheeks. I looked a little bit more ethnically ambiguous. And so they always would have me like, at a table with all different kinds of ethnicities playing with shapes because I was going to be in like the math text was like where my mom found a, a niche for me. Like, so- I, you know, I always wonder, like we need to find I mean, it would have been the eighties. So we need to find yeah. these eighties text me playing with shapes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday. I will. Friday, Friday. Yeah. And I will see you on Tuesday. Can't wait. Oh, unless I see you tomorrow. Let me think about, let me shoot you an email. Think about it. And Charlie, it's so good. You too. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. I look forward to 
continue the conversation in the future. Love it. Isn't he the best? He's the best. I'm obsessed with Charles. Thank you, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Am I good? I'm good to go. Yeah, you feel good? You're good to go. Love you. Check out our next bonus episode where I interview Yvonne Several Ruskin and we discuss the lasting legacy of Max's Kansas City and how we can all support artists in need and empower fearless youth. For episode five, we're going to discuss pronouns, gender, and identity with three of our non-binary performers. We look forward to sharing more stories with you on our next episode. From Variado Talent, I'm Luis Lizarazzo. See you next time.